Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. What's going on, everybody, and welcome in to a special edition of B-Shape Daily. We're going over the NFL Week 2 picks. It's early morning hours of Sunday, September 18th, 2022. And once again, this is a football episode of the show. I mentioned last week when I did this, I gave my Week 1 picks, and I had some people reach out and say that they enjoyed it. I'm going to be running it back. I said at the time that I'd be doing this on Patreon moving forward, putting it behind the paywall. I'm not ready to do that yet for the simple reason that there's just not enough people on the Patreon just yet. We've gotten a few people to trickle in so far, and I'd love to get you on board if you're interested in supporting me, supporting the content that I do. It makes it all the more worthwhile to know you guys are on board. Uh, Listening, I see that people are listening and the numbers go up as far as that's concerned. But to join on the Patreon would be that next step. But for now, I'm not trying to force that down anybody's throat because I know that's a a big decision that sometimes people are like, hey, I'd like to listen. Doesn't mean I want to give you five bucks a month. And I'm legitimately cool with that. Uh, Just down the road, that's what I'm working towards. So long story short, I'm going to keep it on the B-Shape Daily Podcast feed for now because just from a common sense standpoint, I'd rather a couple hundred people get a chance to listen to it if they're so inclined to do so instead of a dozen people who would then be paying for it. Now, there will come a time where I want to gravitate toward the paywall for some of the extra stuff, like the Cardinals B-shaped daily is going to remain. The the five days a week at a minimum, that's going to be here, and it's going to be for free. But this extra stuff, I'm working to try and build my brand up, and and this is going to be part of it. If you enjoy it, then I'd love to have you along for the ride. But I've rambled on for long enough. What I want to do here is just rock and roll with my NFL picks for the week. We were here last Sunday morning, and I believe in the picks that I gave on the show last week, we went eight and seven. So not a remarkable performance against the spread, but it could always be worse. And there are probably going to be weeks where it is worse. I had the Bills game correct on Thursday night, but that was prior to the recording of the podcast. So y'all didn't know that. But So that means I went nine and seven for the week. I'll have to admit defeat when there's defeat, and uh, that's what happened on Thursday. I had the Chiefs covering, and they fell just sort of doing so. The three-and-a-half line, they end up only winning that game on Thursday by three, so I do start this week out 0-1, but let's see if we can rock and roll some good NFL picks and try and get things going. And hey, if you're interested in college picks as well, because I have been writing articles for a website called sportsbookreview.com, and I, I write a lot of college football gambling articles and I had a whale of a week I think on my against the spread picks I was nine two and one including and it makes me want to puke but the Kansas Jayhawks have a pretty good offense and I said you should take the Jayhawks with the points you should take the over and their quarterback Jalen Daniels is going to run in a touchdown for a plus 220 payout and all of those things happen I was three and oh in my picks on the Ole Miss game like I had a pretty good week in college football I don't know if that's always going to be the case moving forward, but if this is stuff that you guys are interested in, 
It's a space that I want to begin to gravitate toward, not just here, but on Patreon, on Twitter as well, especially once baseball season is over and I can start to sort of focus more of my attention toward that. We'll have hockey going on in St. Louis, but man, the the sports betting season and, and football season, NBA season, all that stuff, college basketball, it really gets rolling in the fall and into the winter. And that's something that I consider to be a lot of fun. So keep giving me feedback on this stuff. If this is something that you guys care about and tell a friend who cares about it as well. Like we want to have a community where we're talking about picks and, and trying to get things rolling. Obviously in Missouri, you know, you're not able to, to legally gamble on sports, but Illinois is right across the river down at Bush stadium. It's just a quick jaunt across to Illinois to be able to make picks from your phone. So it's accessible enough that I feel like I want to begin uh, to highlight more and more because it is an interest of mine. It makes sports a lot more fun. And if it's a situation where you're like, yeah, I'm not comfortable with that. I don't like the gambling aspect of it. That's okay. We'll talk about all the games as well. And it gives you an idea for it just as a football fan, what to expect in, in, in the way we view these games. So if you're interested in it, keep letting me know that it really does uh, give me that feedback to say, Hey, yeah, this is worth doing. People do enjoy this stuff. So I'm going to dive right in with the picks. We're going to try to roll right through them because I'm recording this episode after the Cardinals B-shaped daily. So if you're looking for that episode, scroll back one on your feed and you can hear me talk about the Cardinals win in a doubleheader from Saturday over the Cincinnati Reds. But for now, we're getting into the NFL picks for the week. So let's start with the game between the Miami Dolphins at the Baltimore Ravens this week. Ravens are favored by three and a half points. They took care of the Jets last week, 24 to nine. I don't really think we learned a lot about the Ravens though in that game. Like you're supposed to beat the Jets that way. I wasn't overwhelmed or impressed super by anything the Baltimore offense did. A couple of deep balls. You got Devin Duvernay involved. You got Rashad Bateman involved. I want to see a little bit more from that connection between Lamar Jackson and Mark Andrews this week. I think we do see that though. This is a game that at DraftKings Sportsbook, the line is set at 44 and a half for the over-under. And that doesn't seem particularly high, but I feel like it is going to be a game that can can get get some points to it. I'm going to go Ravens 27, Dolphins 20. I feel as though the Ravens are going to be able to cover this. Maybe it's something more like 27-23, but that, that line's set at 3.5 right now. So I do have the Ravens in this game. Like, I don't want to underestimate the Dolphins in terms of their offensive efficiency with guys like Tyree Kill, Jalen Waddell. I'm a fan of Chase Edmonds. I still think there's some upward mobility for this offense. We saw them do a decent job against the Patriots, and, and that's a good defense in week one. Um, I'm interested to see how they do on the road here against the Ravens. I'm a little worried about that Ravens running game. That's the one aspect of this. Like, J.K. Dobbins, I think he might end up suiting up for this game, but I don't know how effective he'll be. If they try to rely too much on these running backs who aren't any good, instead of just keeping the ball in Lamar Jackson's hands, they could be wasting some possessions in this game. But I think the Ravens at home, that's an advantage that I don't want to give up. So I will take Baltimore by three and a half. New York Jets at the Cleveland Browns. This could be an ugly low-scoring game. The Browns are favored in this game by five and a half points, six and a half points now at DraftKings Sportsbook. I do an NFL picks page, so I'll be making reference to those lines at times. But I'll try to check out DraftKings for something that's a little bit more uh, up-to-date. I took the Jets by five and a half, or rather they're getting the five and a half points. And now that it's six and a half at DraftKings, I, I think I like the Jets even a little bit more. The game is in Cleveland. I don't think much of either of these offenses. You've got Joe Flacco against Jacoby Brissett. It's going to be ugly. The over-under at 39. I 
probably would go with the under on that. Like you could legitimately have a 17 to nine final score, something in that neighborhood. And I look at the skill players, like the run game for both sides could end up being relatively decent. Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt doing work for Cleveland. I want to see more from Brees Hall for the Jets. I think this is going to come down to whichever side makes fewer mistakes in, in terms of turnovers and, and untimely ones at that, because I just don't think there are going to be many points to go around in this game. And for that reason, I'm taking the team that's getting the six and a half points, even though I'm not too keen on the Jets. I think that's probably the way I lean just because I don't know that enough points are scored in this game to believe that one side is going to blow out the other. Even with the Browns playing at home, I'm going to say, eh, I'll take the points there and just assume the final score is like nine to eight. And uh, the Jets end up covering on, on that regard. The Lions are hosting the Washington Commanders. And the Lions had a pretty big backdoor cover last week against Philadelphia Eagles. I think the final of that game was 38-35. And the Lions have an offense that can get the job done. This is, I think, the first game in like three years that they've been favored. And they are favored over the Commanders. But Carson Wentz looked very good in the opener for Washington. He's got weapons in Jahan Dotson, who caught a couple of touchdowns. Terry McLaurin is a very capable and talented wide receiver. And so I'm a little bit I'm a little bit stymied on this one. I like the Lions because I want to like the Lions. At home, a point and a half, I, I, I don't think that's too much of a deterrent. You might get clipped on a 24 to 23 final score, something like that. But otherwise, I feel like this is a game that the Lions can bring home. Dan Campbell's going to have that team ready to play. Carson Wentz, you get him out of the home environment, he's going to probably make some stupid mistakes on the road. Lions fans are going to be there for that one. So I'm going to take Detroit minus the point and a half. Uh, not Again, not supremely confident. Those are two teams that um, we're, we're not sure exactly what to make of them yet at this point in the season. So we'll find out a little bit more about each on Sunday. Indianapolis Colts heading to the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Colts, of course, had that game in week one where they tied the Houston Texans and made everybody, every single commissioner of a Survivor League, an Eliminator League, decide, oh, what do I have to do about this? Do ties count for Survivor? And my rule on that is uh, your commission should have decided that before the season. So if uh, if that's the the tree you were barking up, I think uh, that was probably a long week for some of those folks who run those sorts of leagues and they didn't specify ahead of time. What it means now, though, for moving forward, the Colts have to play another team from their division. Another team is not very good. But they didn't look that good against the Texans last week, so who's to believe that they're going to be any better this week against the Jaguars? This is a line that was Colts by four and a half when I had to pick it for this pick game, and now the line is down to just three. And that line movement is maybe making me want to change my pick to the Jaguars because you're giving me an extra point and a half over what reality is right now. Like, I think the Colts cover the spread of minus three, but I'm looking at it saying four and a half, if, if that's something that I'm picking, and you guys probably don't care about this, but this is also a podcast where I talk my way through my picks so that I can try and do the best that I can for uh, winning the pool. Like Trevor Lawrence, I think is going to be capable. He's got some capable receivers in Marvin Jones. Uh, Travis Etienne out of the backfield, I think, can certainly be a factor. Christian Kirk obviously had a big week one. I, Matt Ryan didn't look great to me in that first game, so I, I'm going to have to thread the needle here. I'm going to say Colts by four in this game. Give me a weird score, like 23 to 19. The over-under is 45. I don't know if it quite gets quite gets to that. I'm going to say the Colts do cover the three, but just for my own purposes, I'm going to I'm going to say Jacksonville. If it's four and a half like it is on this sheet, that's, that's probably what I'm rolling with. Uh, but I do think the Colts win that game by four. 
Moving on to Tampa Bay at New Orleans. This one's tricky for me because the Bucks, like they demolished the Cowboys, but did they really? Like the, the offensive efficiency wasn't great for that team against the Cowboys team that was in shambles, but it just seemed like every time the Bucks were marching down the field, they ended up having to settle for too many field goals, and that concerns me a little bit in this game because you go to the Saints, who have absolutely had the number of the Bucks in recent years, but the difference there is no Sean Payton anymore. And it's only a line of two and a half. So even though it's at the Superdome, I'm going to lean Tampa Bay. I don't feel great about it, though, with the minus two and a half. They got to win by a field goal. I think they can do that. But on the road, like there have been clunkers that Tom Brady has just had in the last couple of years, and and you don't necessarily know when they're going to come. Some of them have come against the New Orleans Saints, and certainly at New Orleans is a situation where you wouldn't be surprised to see that take place. But I just think I just think Tom Brady is is too good to let that happen as often as it's happened. Um, and so I think this is a case where Brady's going to figure it out. Hopefully he has some of his weapons. I don't know for sure that Mike Evans is playing. Godwin's not going to be in there, injured the hamstring, which absolutely sucks. But I still think that they've got enough firepower that the Bucs can handle this. Their defense is really good too. And I don't know that Jameis Winston, like it just doesn't, it shouldn't make sense that he would have the number of the Bucks because they have a very ball hawking defense and he is a turnover machine when he gets going. So no Alvin Kamara likely in that game as well, which is surprising to me that the line really hasn't moved with that news, uh, that he's not likely to play, which came out earlier Saturday evening. So I'm going with the Bucks minus the two and a half, and uh, hopefully I'll live to tell about it. Giants by one and a half over Carolina as they host the Panthers this week. They're coming off that big win, Brian Dable's debut. Uh, Saquon Barkley gets that two-point conversion and allows the Giants to knock off the Tennessee Titans last week. That was another killer for a lot of people in Eliminator Leagues and Survivor Leagues. So I don't really know what to make of the Giants, but that was a nice win by them. Baker Mayfield did look bad, though, and it could be a situation now where the Giants end up opening the season 2-0 because they're getting this game at home. I don't trust a lot about that Carolina offense. I don't trust anything about Matt Rule. He will, If I were doing, like, first NFL coach to be fired, pool, I think I'd be all in. All my chips would be in on Matt Rule because I think he's terrible. I just don't know if ownership, you know, how long are they going to wait to pull the plug? Christian McCaffrey needs the ball every play. I get it that he's had injuries the last couple of years and they want to manage his workload. You can't because he's the only thing that's going to keep your job, Matt Rule, so give him the football. That being said, I'm not confident enough that they're going to do that. On the Giants' side, I'd like to see more Kadarius Tony. He touched the ball twice last week, and it seems like he looked good in those plays. I don't really know why he's being so limited unless he's injured, and if he were injured, he probably wouldn't look as good as he did. So that's a little bit of a mystery of the universe for me, but all that being said, I'm on Giants, minus one and a half where I'm picking it on my picks page, and it's minus two now on DraftKings. So uh, that's not really an overwhelming line to me. I think that the Giants can certainly win this game by a field goal, maybe a couple of field goals uh, to come away with. Something like, uh, give me 23-17 New York in this one, and the over-under at 43.5, so I see that one maybe going slightly under, uh, but not significantly so. Speaking of games that could have very low scoring totals, the New England Patriots, 0-1, are at the Pittsburgh Steelers, 1-0. The Patriots, according to this pick page that I'm on, are favored by a point and a half on the road, which I don't understand. They're favored by two and a half now at DraftKings. That is one that I absolutely love, the home team Steelers in that one. If you can get them at two and a half, like, I know that Trubisky tends to make mistakes sometimes, and the Patriots defense can make you pay for those things, but I do not trust the Patriots offense as far as I can throw them. I've talked a lot about not liking Matt Patricia, Joe Judge. They're involved. I hate it. That's all I need to know. 
And offensively for the Steelers, like there's just more playmakers in that offense. Even if Najee Harris doesn't play, he's dealing with the foot a little bit, but he's, I think, expected to play in this game. You've got Trubisky able to make some plays, rolling out to Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, George Pickens could get involved. I like Pat Frymuth. I just really think the Steelers have the more explosive offensive potential in this game. And look at the way their defense played against the Bengals in week one. I mean, they were harassing the crap out of Joe Burrow. I know you won't have TJ Watt, and so maybe that has the pass rush looking a little bit weaker. But if you're getting two and a half points with the Steelers at home in that environment, the fans are going to be going crazy. That's my pick of the week. From what I've seen so far on this board, that's the one I feel the best about. Uh, so give me the, the Steelers for sure as underdogs at home. I, I think I'd take them to win outright, which on DraftKings, uh, plus 120. So, gosh dang, I wish I was in Illinois right now because I would I would put something on that. I am going to the Cardinals game tomorrow, so maybe I can plan my morning a little bit effectively. Atlanta, 0-1 at the Los Angeles Rams. The Rams are favored in this one by 10.5 points, and that's coming off of a situation where the Rams last week got just absolutely pummeled by Buffalo. On DraftKings, the Rams are favored by 10. I'm on the Rams in this one, and that's something that I would actually want to put some money on. I just think the Rams are going to absolutely explode, and I sort of need them to. I've got a fantasy league where I've got Stafford in six point per passing touchdown. I've got Cooper Cup. I've got Allen Robinson, who I was going to bench, but now Gabe Davis of the Bills is questionable. He had a limited practice on Saturday and may not play, and it's not till a Monday game. So for fantasy, it's a situation where I really can't afford to wait. And if you have an option like Allen Robinson on the bench, they've talked all week in, in Los Angeles about how, yeah, they there were reasons that he didn't get the ball in week one, but they're going to have to work him into the offense. He's an important part of what they want to do. So I'm in on Allen Robinson this week, and Tyler Higby. I picked up off the, the scrap heap to be my tight end just because I had nobody in a 14-team league. So I've literally got Stafford and three of his top pass catchers so I'm sure as hell hoping for a big week from the Rams offensively. Uh, but I also just think they're that much better than the Falcons, and they, they're probably going to want to prove that after a game where they look pretty bad against Buffalo. So Rams minus 10, yeah, I will take the Rammies in that one. Seattle 1-0 at San Francisco 0-1. Oh, boy. The 49ers are favored in this game by nine points. I've got it at 9.5 on my sheet. I just don't see it. I love Trey Lance. I think he's going to end up being good. He's not going to be as good of a consistent passer as I want him to be, but when he learns how to manage the situations, no one to run, no one to check it down, no one to do the right stuff, no one to eat the football, I think he's going to end up being pretty good. The problem is he played in that monsoon last week, and I think it's supposed to rain as well in San Francisco in this one, so I'm a little bit worried about the weather aspect there. But I also think that Geno Smith doesn't make enough mistakes for that team to lose by more than nine points. So I think the, the Seahawks keep it close. I do not think they they go 2-0 and and win this game. I don't think the Seahawks are going to be great this year. But those NFC West Divisional games, you remember those if you're a Rams fan when they were back in St. Louis. Like, they're always close competitive. They, rarely are you going to blow somebody away in that division. And so for a Niners team that lost to the Bears by nine last week, I'm not giving, I'm not taking them and then having to give away nine and a half points to Seattle. No, thank you. So give me the Seattle Seahawks in that one, uh, and I'll take the points. Cincinnati 0-1 at Dallas 0-1. Bengals are favored in this game by 7.5, and, and I think there's a good reason for that. Uh, it's been very tumultuous for Dallas. Losing Dak Prescott, we don't exactly know what they're going to look like. It's 7 is the margin on DraftKings. I've thought back and forth on this, and I actually think I'm going with the Dallas Cowboys in this one because they're at home, and for them to, and this was a point that Rob Vino of wagertalk.com made on the big show KTGR last week, when we had him on on Friday, he said 
you know, it's just very rare for Dallas to lose consecutive games at home the way that they would be doing if they would lose to Cincinnati and not be able to cover this one. So I'm not saying I think the Cowboys are going to win, but Cooper Rush is their quarterback. He's been in the system. I think he can manage the game enough to where with the problems that the Bengals have on their offensive line that the Steelers were able to exploit, I think Dallas is going to come up with some good defensive plays. Like I like both defenses in this game in terms of uh, fantasy value. I don't know that I like the under 42 because there could be a defensive touchdown that pushes this thing over the total. Uh, but I'm going to say if I'm getting the Dallas Cowboys plus more than a touchdown like I am in my pick'em game at home, I'm absolutely taking Dallas on that one. They're plus seven at DraftKings, and I still like them at that number as well. For a final score, I think I will say the Bengals find a way to win the game. Give me Bengals 23, Dallas 20, which would mean over the 42. But I think it's because of a defensive touchdown somewhere along the way for one of the sides. So I, I wouldn't necessarily touch that line on the on the over-under, but that's kind of the way I see it breaking down. Houston, 0-0-1 because of that tie. At Denver, 0-1. Here's another team that played badly in Week 1 in the Broncos, but they've got a massive, massive line in their favor for Week 2 against a team that actually played okay. That's a, a trend that it happened with the 49ers game. It happens with the Rams-Falcons, and on that side, I was on the Rams. Was not there with the 49ers. Uh, we'll get to Packers-Bears in a minute, but that's another one that's a 10-point a spread whereas the team that's the underdog won in week one, the team that is the big favorite lost and looked bad in doing so. The Broncos, though, I think can bounce back offensively. The one concern I would have is that Nathaniel Hackett just sucks as a head coach. Like, I can't believe how bad he looked, and I don't think he knows what he's doing. And that's very concerning for me long-term and wanting to back the Broncos just because if you've got a head coach that you are laying money with and you know that he's trash and he's going to make the wrong decision in crunch time, that is uh, something that can take years off your life. Like, very frustrating. You're going to pull your hair out. You're not going to have a good time. That being said, Houston may have played above their head a little bit. I like Davis Mills. I think he's a decent quarterback. He can manage a game, and he can make some throws. But for me, I think the Broncos' offense almost has to, by default, break out in this game. And easily, the Broncos' defense is good enough. There's enough skilled players there that they could turn the ball over and, and end up kind of running away with this game. So this is the last time I'm doing it, Denver. I'm taking you minus eight. Uh, pardon me, minus nine and a half in my pick'em game. It's minus ten on DraftKings. I honestly, I wouldn't bet this game on DraftKings with Denver minus the ten because I could see it being a push. I could see things going disastrously wrong. But I, I am on the the Broncos side officially. But if I'm doing like five star plays for some of the games for me, the Rams, that's a five star play. This is more like a one-and-a-half-star play, one that I'm probably not laying money on unless I'm just truly a degenerate and want money on every single game that's on Sunday, which, hey, I can't blame you if that's your case. If I won the lottery, that's what I would do. I'd be betting on every single game just because it would be fun and the money wouldn't mean anything to me. I just would have a little bit of skin in the game. Isn't that the dream? All right, moving on. Arizona at, I almost said Oakland, at Las Vegas, the Raiders. Oh, boy. The Cardinals looked really bad in week one. Uh, they, they got their clocks cleaned by the Chiefs, who... Didn't look great, by the way, in their win over the Chargers. Like, it's not that they were efficient on offense and were fantastic the way that they were against the Cardinals in week one. They just got a 99-yard pick six off of Justin Herbert after Gerald Everett, the tight end, was begging to get off the field because he was tired and gassed and needed a play. They didn't give it to him. They wouldn't call a timeout. And then he ends up, like, stopping on the route, and it basically flipped the entire game. So that being said... The Arizona defense looked bad against the Chiefs offense that I'm not convinced is, like, perfect at this point in time. So I don't have a lot of confidence in that Arizona defense. 
I do like the Raiders' defense. They played they played decently against that Chargers' offense in Week One. Lost that game twenty four to nineteen, and then we saw the Chargers play capably against the Chiefs on Thursday. So I, I think that the Raiders are a decent squad. They're favored by five in this game. That with the over under at fifty one and a half, I feel like the Raiders being favored by five that doesn't make sense because I don't know that the Raiders are going to be the team to score thirty points and like allow this game to get to the over and they'll still cover. Like if the if the over is going to hit, it feels like Arizona's got to get to like 24, 27 and maybe even win this game for that to be the case. And I usually that's not the way you're supposed to feel with the underdog. You you typically would say it's correlated for the underdog. If you're going to take the plus points, you would also lean with the under for the game total. I don't know if the Raiders offense has the upside to to get it to 51 and a half on their own. That being said, I'm thinking this game goes under and the Raiders cover. I could see a scenario where the the Cardinals just struggle for a second straight week and we're wondering why Cliff Kingsbury is still their head coach and they gave him that extension. That's sort of the way I see it playing out. I'll go Raiders 27, Cardinals 17. That's a total of 44 points, and that's pretty handily under the total of 51.5. I think Derek Carr is going to have a nice day, and that Cardinals defense has still got a lot to prove to me. So I'm going with the Raiders even though in my pick game, it's by five and a half. I actually feel pretty decent about that. That's more of like a four-star bet for me. I uh, feel decent there. A game I don't feel decent about at all, but I am going to go with the underdog is Chicago at Green Bay. Packers by nine and a half on my pick game. They're uh, favored by 10 on DraftKings at this point in time. Like, the Packers offense looked bad last week. They scored seven points against Minnesota. They don't have any receivers. Maybe Alan Lazard comes back. I think he's expected to play, but at the same time, uh, he's not necessarily a one the way Devontae Adams was in that offense. Sammy Watkins is nothing. He's cooked. Randall Cobb is nothing. He's cooked. Aaron Rodgers doesn't trust the rookies yet, like Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs. I think he's going to have to lean into those guys a little bit more. And if he doesn't, you have to consider throwing the ball to the running backs almost every play. Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon are the two best players on this offense aside from Aaron Rodgers. Both should be on the field every play. Both should be getting the job done and getting the football. That's the way that the Green Bay Packers find a way to just destroy the Bears in this game. But the Bears' defense looked good against the 49ers in Week 1. Yes, it was in the rain, but I still feel like that's a decent defensive unit. I don't think Justin Fields can score enough to keep up with the Packers, but I could certainly see something in the neighborhood. And let me check on what the total is for this game so that I can at least be realistic. Yeah, 41.5, and I think I, I think that could even go under. I could see this being kind of like a 23-17 final score that the, the Packers end up winning the game. They're not going to lose to the Bears at Lambeau Field. It's just not going to happen. But to to give away 10 points, like if it's a slow start to the game and you have a, a halftime score of like 9-6 to six or 13-6 to six or something like that, like I just don't know that it's going to be enough for the, the Packers to really run away with this game the way that they're going to have to. So that's a Sunday night game. I hate to do it because it just feels like an absolute trap. The Packers are going to come out and score 40 points and everything's going to be fine because it always is with Aaron Rodgers. And especially when they get back home and they've beaten the Bears six times in a row under Matt LaFleur, it seems ridiculous. But I am going to take the the, the Chicago Bears because that's just the nine and a half points on my pick'em game, 10 at DraftKings. Yeah, it's more of a two and a half or three-star bet. Like, I'm not super enthused by it, but that's the direction I'm leaning. Let's get in now to wrap up the podcast with the Monday night games. There's two of them this week. First one is Tennessee. The Titans are 0-1 at Buffalo 1-0. The Bills are favored in this game by 9.5 points on DraftKings, 9.5 points on my Pick'em game. I'm taking the Titans. I think it's going to be a weird game. I've got Josh Allen in fantasy, so I hope I'm wrong on this, but I just feel like the Titans are going to be embarrassed a little bit by the way they played week one in losing that game to the Giants. 
I do think still that Mike Rabel is a very good head coach. He's going to have to get his guys ready. I don't know who the passing weapons for Ryan Tannehill are exactly going to be. Robert Woods didn't really show up in that first game the way that I thought he would. Traylon Burks may not be quite ready to take over that alpha role in the offense. Austin Hooper was completely useless, and they they didn't really go to him the way I thought they would at the tight end position. Uh, maybe it's just the answer is as simple as Derrick Henry has a big game, and it always doesn't really matter who the opponent is for him. Like It could be a really good run defense like the Buffalo Bills, and he could still run it right down your throat. Maybe we get vintage Henry. Maybe it's just a ball control situation where by using Henry enough, they can kind of shorten this game and, and make it difficult on the Bills to win by double digits. I hope the Bills have an explosive offensive performance and we're talking about them as one of the best teams in the NFL, which, I mean, they already obviously are that, but I think doing it again against the Titans would reinforce that for me. Uh, they get to do it at home, so maybe it's a little bit scary to be taking the, the road team again, but I'm I'm the only one with it. I'm going to go with the Titans because I think they got to play better than they did last week, and so it could be a situation where you look at that total, uh, 47.5 points. I could see that, that being right around the number, and honestly, it probably does go over for me a little bit, but... If it's 27-23 or 31-23, even the Bills winning the game, like that still gets the cover for the Titans. So 10 points is a lot. I think as long as Tennessee can get to 20 points offensively, they can probably uh, slide it under that total of, uh, what is it, nine and a half points. So I like Tennessee in that game. And then the final game on the schedule for the week, Minnesota 1-0 at Philadelphia 1-0. This should be a really good game. Eagles by two and a half on my pick'em sheet. And it's two and a half at DraftKings. I'm doing the same thing I did last week. I'm taking the Vikings. They were plus one and a half at home against the Packers last week. I took them to win outright, and they did pretty easily, 23-7. to I love the Vikings offense. Kevin O'Connell knows what he's doing. They finally got Mike Zimmer out of there, and I think the passing offense is going to be so dynamic, and I think they're going to find ways to involve Dalvin Cook as well. He's such a good runner. I like the Vikings offense. I think Kirk Cousins is going to have one of his best seasons in the NFL, if not the best that he's ever had. He's got some good weapons. Adam Thielen's going to show up as well. I don't think that guy's cooked either. Uh, Jalen Hurts is a really good player as well. Like This is going to be the f- most fun game of the week, and we get it on Monday night. So I'm excited about that. The total is down to 15.5. Uh, I think it was 51.5. I like the over in the game, but I like the Vikings to be the team uh, that at least covers that 2.5 points. I'm not sure if they win it outright. And I think when I then I took this over at uh, FanDuel when I was over in Illinois, it was 1.5. But I'm saying Vikings are going to... Are they going to win this game? No, I think it's going to be a, an Eagles win at the very end. But give me something like 31-30. Like really high scoring. Vikings keep it close. Maybe a field goal by Jake Elliott to win it. I have to bump this up because on my picks, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and do it. I'm going to say 61 for the final on my picks game so that I am legitimately uh, getting the best tiebreaker that I believe it can be. So those are my picks. That's going to do it for this edition, this special edition, NFL edition of B-Shape Daily. Again, I appreciate you guys who listened your way through this. If you like the football stuff, DM me. Like, Keep telling me because that's going to be the feedback I need to go. All right, this is something I need to continue doing. How can I make it better? That's going to be the next question. Like Running through these picks in a half an hour, that's one thing. Is there another episode on a different day of the week? You go, yeah, I want college. Let's talk some college football. What are the picks? What do we want to be looking at? I can take some listener picks. Hey, I'm picking this for this game. What do you think about that pick? I can dissect it, go over what I think about it. Like, I want to kind of make this space uh, something that we build up as time goes on, add some fantasy football elements to that as well. Uh, I do a lot with fantasy football, so this is kind of uh, a little bit of a new, bold venture for me, but I'm enjoying it so far, and I want to know what you like about it and what you think would make it better. So appreciate you guys, as always, for listening, and we'll talk to you next time on Be Shape Daily. Good luck with your picks this week. Peace.